0: Sunday, but it is a fabulous spring, 58 degree weather day, and you made it out, and it is a good day for all the moms, because they're going to be treated special today and every day, amen, and uh, I have the mother of our four kids up here today, and she really makes me look good, 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 and she is my better whole. I did not marry a half person, never ever marry a half person, you'll get half effort, half love, marry somebody whole, and uh, it will help you out in life, there was a survey recently in 21 states Across the U.S. And they asked a the question to all the moms that would take the survey. What is the number one thing you want for Mother's Day? And the number one reply in that survey over 21 states was this right here. Most moms wanted a nap. Yes. Any moms want a nap today? Just go out to eat and maybe stay at home and eat and take a nap. Do you like naps, babe? No, she never naps. I do, but I'm five years older than her. You know what I'm saying? It might be just because I'm tired. Escaping the cage today, and we're going to talk about this message, Escaping the Cage of Comparison. Anybody ever compare themselves to someone else? Anybody fit that bill today? The rest are not telling the truth in church. Uh, Every one of us have compared ourselves to other people at one time or another. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul begins to write and he talks about some comparison that's happening between other ministers and himself. And he makes this statement in verse 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without Understanding. In other words, Paul was saying this it's not smart to compare yourself to yourself or to other people because comparison becomes a trap. It becomes a cage that you live your life in and you never are fulfilled because of comparison. We've all compared ourselves to other people. Have you measured up? How'd you feel when you compared yourself to someone else? You know, comparison either makes you feel superior to somebody else or inferior to somebody else. And both of those dishonor God because God created all of us uniquely. You know, in the New Testament, we see the disciples, they compared themselves to each other, trying to win a seat of superiority over the other person. In the Old Testament, we see Elijah, who had just fought a great battle. Uh, He defeated the prophets of Baal. He's running from Jezebel. He gets so weary and tired that he sits under a broom tree, and he prays that God would take his life. And he makes this statement right here. He says, I am no better than my ancestors. What is he doing? He's comparing his life and his skills and abilities to people that lived before him. Have you ever compared yourself to your parents if you're parenting today? Have you ever compared yourself to another businessman or another businesswoman? That doesn't feel good because comparison is the fastest way to kill something special in your life. If you want to kill something special in your life, compare it with something else. It's like buying a new car, and you pull your car up into your driveway and notice that your neighbor just got a new vehicle, but it's a better one. And then you want to go out and return that, trade it in, and get a new car. Why? Because it didn't just quite live up to your neighbor's vehicle. Why? Because you've got in the cage of comparison and it robbed you of the blessing that was sitting in your driveway. Think about that. Have you ever made comparisons? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Women are the worst.
1: We literally walk into a room and we just start looking. The first thing we check out is the women. What is she got on? What's she wearing? Let me see her shoes. I love shoes, right? Um, But like, I just feel like Women probably deal with it a little more than men. Wouldn't you say? I think we just, it's natural to compare. And I think the world has put in our system, or, you know, our thinking that comparison actually is a motivation to be better and better. But how many of you know that that's not God's way? Um, God's way says... You know what, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to be content. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're not careful, you're gonna compare yourself to everyone, whether it be the fitness girl on social media, you will never look like that, okay? But they, you know, all of these reels that just start coming up in your face, you know, if you do this five days a week, you're gonna look like this in six months. And we start comparing. I gotta do more. I gotta do more. I gotta get more clothes. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And so it's a cycle that never stops. Has anybody ever felt like they've been in a cycle of comparison and lack of contentment and you feel like you have to have more and more? This subject is truly dear to my heart because God has healed me so much in this area because I was a very, I, was, I had a very poor self image. I would do anything to win you over. I would I mean not anything, but uh-huh. I really just wanted to, you know, I wanted to yes. fit in, I wanted to to be all of these things, and it never felt like I was skinny enough, pretty enough. My hair was curly, I liked straight, you know? It was like I don't think I ever came to the knowledge of stop stopping, like had I don't know. I complained about my curly hair probably just up until like eight years ago, five years ago. And the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me about that because he, you're, what you're saying when you complain about your body, your nose, your hair, the things, the characteristics that God has given you, what you are saying is that what God did is not good. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says He knows your inward parts. He put you together. But for years and years and years, I was in a cycle of comparison. In fact, I wanted to just show you this, what the Lord showed me years ago. I grabbed two roses, and both of these are very beautiful roses. One's pink, one's red. You know, the pink one's kind of got like, you know, some spots that are brown, and the leaves are starting to fall off of it a little bit, and you know, if I were to sit here and pick this thing apart, you know, I could do that. The rose is in much better shape. I mean, it just, it looks like it's well hydrated. It's, it's beautiful. And the Lord began to speak to me about flowers. Um, several years ago, he said, Tangy, flowers are put in a garden not to compete, but to bloom. And as women, we can pick each other apart. Most of the time it's ourselves that we pick apart. And we we never feel like we will ever arrive. But if you can get to the place and understand who God has created you to be, and if you would just bloom where God has planted you and just begin to grow in that area, it will change your life. You will not be caught up in the cycle of, of comparison, and you will actually be able to rest. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. I could talk about this a really long time.
2: Yeah, so.
0: Lord. <laughs> Amen. You know why? You know why she can talk about that a long time? Because ladies speak 20,000 words a day, men have about 10,000. Comparison. Not only do ladies do this thing, And men do it, you know. What's the first thing you ask a guy when you meet him? eventually? Man, what do you do for a living? What are you doing? You're sizing that person up to see if you can compare or handle and and be in the same realm as that person. We compare homes and and we'll say things like, I live in a 3,100 square foot home. And the next person will say, well, I live in a 3,125 square foot home. We're just trying to up each other. Well, I just bought an F-150. Well, I just bought an F-250. And the next guy will say, well, I just bought a 350. The next guy will say, I bought a 450 and took it down to Pungo off-road and jacked it way up. <laughs> it gets two miles to the gallon now, but you got It looks good. So we're constantly competing against other people and it doesn't make any sense at all. And and we do it with our kids, don't we? We we, we compare our accomplishments of our children to other people's kids and, and we think that's cool and we'll say, well, my daughter just got accepted in UVA and the next person will say, mine just got accepted into Harvard Law School. What are we doing? We're comparing each other. And you know what, comparison at its root, it finds its root in our worth. I want you to think about that. When we compare, we're trying to discover our worth, our value. We don't get our worth from things or from people. Our worth, our value comes from God. Jesus speaking in Matthew 6, he's talking about this thing that we talked about Last week, it, he's talking about worry, and he says this Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body. There it is body, body image, what you will wear. Hmm. Is not light more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they they not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than that? Look here. He says, you, the apex. Did you know human beings are the apex of God's creation? The highest order of creation on planet Earth is you and I, and, and God says you're more valuable than anything in this created order in this world. You're so valuable that I sent my son Jesus yes. to die on a cross to take your place so that you could receive the free gift of salvation. Yes. See, comparison is crazy. It's like the never ending game of Uno. <laughs> a wild, draw a Skip, reverse, draw two. Now I think they made those games a little more wild too. They put in some extra cards, and if you play with my kids, it gets real wild. And it's just this never-ending game of comparison. We we compare every day of our lives. You know, you've been at the stoplight and you looked at the car beside you and compared their car against your car. That's just me. <laughs> You know, we're just sizing each other up and we get into this comparison deal. Did you know number one comparison robs us of joy? Yes. Joy. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If it robs us of joy, guess what we lose? Not only we lose joy, but we lose strength to live. In life, joy is something that supernaturally gives us strength. And if we're constantly comparing ourselves in this world that, that creates this discontentment in us, we, we lose our joy. Teddy Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, Comparison will rob you of the life that God wants to give you. Constantly, and we go to social media and we begin to compare our lives against the highlight reel of somebody else. Yes. Did you know most people will never show you their bad day? Most ladies will never show you their bad hair day on social media. <laughs> most people will never show you the meal that they burn up <laughs> trying to cook. They'll show you Cheesecake Factory, Ruth Chris. They'll show you all the places that they go. But they never show you the mundane of their lives. Why? Because they're trying to up everybody and become superior. And that's what Paul was dealing with in the church. Constantly.
1: 88%
0: of women
1: go to social media to find out the latest trend. They begin to compare. They look, a lot of our teenagers, he talked about last week, which I thought was a phenomenal sermon if you were here, the back, back and what we carry. I feel like we put so much on our children because they do carry the world in their hands with their iPhone, and they get notifications for weather. They get notifications for you know, Instagram. And it, it's not just their phone now. If they have the Apple Watch, I could be in a conversation with, with my daughter, and she's like, and I think she's getting tired of talking to me because she keeps going,
2: <laughs> like, are we done
1: yet? That's what I literally thought she was doing. But she's checking her notifications that are coming on her Apple Watch. So we get we get notifications on our watch, our phones. And women, it says that 88% go to social media, and half of those women leave social media feeling lack of peace, anxiety, discontentment, wanna go change their world to try to fit in to the world of social media, and it's not real, it's not real. If anybody's ever told you that social media is real, listen, Hello. it is not real. They take pictures of their beautiful living room while behind them their stuff stacked. And, I mean, like there's just, everything is staged, right? I mean, they are coffee in the perfect little spot with the perfect little cream and a leaf. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and it's fun. I mean, I'm not against social media, but I think you have to balance it. I think you have to understand that you cannot compare your life to the social media world. And if you continue in the cycle of that, it will make you feel defeated. It will steal your joy. um, And it will steal your peace because you'll feel like you'll never amount.
0: You'll never amount, yeah. Absolutely. You know, not only does it rob us of joy, but it robs us of contentment. Did you know media, the overall responsibility of commercials is to make you discontent With what you already have, you could be watching the Celtics eating a ham sandwich. They go to a commercial break, and they show you Wendy's, and you know in your heart Wendy's is not that good. But they will show you a double stack or something. I don't know what they sell. And you'll look at your ham sandwich and say, I don't want to eat this junk. And you'll get dressed and drive to Wendy's. And you regret it every time because it takes you two hours to get through the drive-thru. <laughs> so constantly the world is, is, is making us discontent yes. with what we have. We become discontent in our marriages. Yes. Because we think the grass is greener on the other side. But you got to look what's under the grass. It makes us discontent with our homes. My home's way too small, too small, too small, too small. Makes us discontent with our vehicles, our lives, our clothes. Oftentimes we become discontent because we feel like we're not far enough along. I, I'm I'm 18 years old, but I I should be further along, and and, and, and kids think in their minds that the first year of marriage, they should be able to accumulate what it took their parents 35 years to accumulate in one year, and that's that's not life. Life is learning to be content with what you have and allowing God to prosper you. I mean, you know, what looks prosperous is not always prosperity. Sometimes behind that shiny vehicle is about a $1,200 payment that they're dreading every month. I'm preaching good up in here.
1: I love what Galatians 5 says. It says, verse 25 says, Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, when I give my heart to the Lord, new life comes. But a lot of times we still continue living by the flesh. But the Bible says don't live by the flesh, live by the Spirit. So Galatians is saying, we have chosen the life of the Spirit. Let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads. This is the message version, by the way. Or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Verse 26 That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original.
0: That's good. That's a good Bible verse out of the message. Read it. Memorize it. Apply it. Paul in Philippians 4 speaking to the church at Philippi, and he talks about what he had been through. And he makes these statements in a couple verses. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things or do all this through him who gives me strength. Yeah. You think about that. He said, I learned the secret. How many of you know we need to learn a secret? Yes. It's the secret of contentment. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's overly medicated because we haven't learned the secret of contentment. I am amazed when I go out of this country and do missions trips and I see teenagers and children with so much joy with so little material blessings. And I come to America and kids have the best shoes, the best clothing, iPhones, Apple Watches, their own vehicles, money, and they're so depressed. tiny house or a big house. Or if I live in an RV at a campground. Or if I have to spend the night in a tent. I wanted a secret Yourself To your neighbors Just because your neighbor got a new car Doesn't mean you need one Just because teenagers and young adults Your friend got a new pair of shoes Doesn't mean you need a new pair of shoes that comparison robs you of the contentment that God wants to give you in your heart. Not only does it rob us of joy and contentment, but it also robs us of our uniqueness. That we don't understand that we begin to compare our lives to other people and to other things. We're looking at our uniqueness in a way that dishonors God. David said in Psalm 139, he says, For you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Before I formed you, he told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Look here. God is so awesome and powerful and all-knowing before He ever creates you in your mother's oh. womb, He already knows you, yes. and He's already predestined a purpose for you. So when you're born in the earth, you don't get to determine your purpose. You get to develop and discover your purpose yes. in God. So I'm not trying to create my own purpose. That purpose has already been formed. It's already been designed. It's already been yes. created. It's up to me to say, God, you created me for purpose. Now help me develop and discover why I was created. And I believe most people are discontent, they have no joy because they don't, they they do not know that they're uniquely designed by God for a purpose in the earth. And so, because they don't know they're uniquely designed, they spend their lives trying to be someone else that God never ordained them to be. And they become a copy of and they're no longer an original that God designed them to be in the earth. How do you know? Nobody, no, there is not no one in here that is exactly alike. In fact, there are over 7 billion people on the planet and not one of us have the same fingerprint. Not one of us have the same retina design. When I look into my wife's blue eyes, there's nobody like hers. How do you know, when God created you, He said, I'll never do that again. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> See, some man. of y'all just went, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> come on now. You think about this, your DNA. There is no other person on planet Earth that has your DNA. We have come so far in technology and science that we can solve cases that happened 30 years ago just by DNA detection. Think about that. God said, I fearfully and wonderfully made you and I formed you in your mother's womb. How many of you know science needs to catch up with God? Yeah. I'm going to say that one more time. Science needs to catch up with God. That in the womb of a mother, when conception happens, there is life. Is God pro-life? Yes. He's the author of life. He says, there's nobody like you. You're unique. You've been designed by me. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. You're uniquely designed, created by God. Yes. What if everybody looked and acted like me? Wouldn't that be? Yeah, I, I watched <laughs> that. Mm. 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 <laughs> I was going to take care of the cheesecake. <laughs> But you're uniquely designed by God, created by God. So this comparison deal, man, just destroys our uniqueness. It destroys our contentment. It destroys our joy that God gives us. And, you know,
1: a lot of times we don't know why we compare ourselves, speaking to women and men. But personally speaking, a lot of times the way you grew up, if you've come from a broken home, you've come from a broken family a lot of times those are seeds that have been planted in you from a child of you know just feeling that rejection maybe like with my situation like our family was broken when I was smaller I just had a spirit of rejection I had low low uh, self-image and just it was just it was really tough for a long time I was compared a lot to my sister and um, you know we have a great relationship now, but growing up, the enemy tried to put you know, a wall there because everybody compared us. And can I tell you right don't do that to your children. They are all very different. Celebrate the differences in your babies and pull out, mamas, pull out, that verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart, does not mean, Train up a child in Jesus or church, and when he gets older, he's gonna, you know, he won't run away from church or Jesus. That's not what that's talking about. It's saying, look at that son, look at that daughter, and begin to call out what God sees in them and begin to speak to that thing in your son. You are a king, you will lead, you are strong. You are a woman who will lead your family. And begin to pull on those gifts that you see on the inside of your kids. That's what that means. Train them up in the way that they should go. And, and you know, when you think about that, the brokenness, the broken home, a lot of us, so I used to struggle with giving compliments to other women because I felt like, I don't know, like, she's so pretty. Like, she already knows it. (laughs) Like she doesn't need anything else to tell her that like that was my attitude you know and when you're when you become healed like years ago the Lord just began to deal with me about personal self healing and and accepting myself for who he how he sees me. And listen, the more you heal, the more you heal in Christ, it is so easy to look at your sister friend and say to her, "You are beautiful. I love your outfit, girl. It
2: is.
1: (laughs) Because we think when we give a compliment that it takes away from us. But let me tell you, when you you support your sister and you begin to build her up, listen, your crown becomes bigger and your life, listen, your shoulders and your life and who you are becomes bigger because you can humble yourself and say, listen, build her up. Support each other. I got this T-shirt last year. It says, "Real queens fix each other's crowns." It was like a buck fifty, and then I got like fifty percent off of it. (laughs) it. I love it. The material is so soft. I literally wear this to bed. It is so comfortable, this t-shirt, but it always reminds me, yeah, he doesn't like it. We had my daughter's lingerie party, and I'm thinking, my husband probably wishes I wore that to bed, but I wore this to bed. (laughs) Oh, well, I like it. It's so funny. You end up wearing pajamas. His pajamas, actually, is what I wear, but, but. Where was I? (laughs) Real queens fix each other's crowns. When you study that, it actually comes from like pageants and you know, these things that they have Miss America, blah, 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 blah. And it actually came, that saying came from how women chase after the crown. And it's actually a, a constant battle, it's a constant cycle to receive. Can I just tell you today that you have already won the crown? And when God sees you, he sees beauty, he sees his glory on your life, and the enemy attacks you with comparison, number one, because he wants to steal you from your purpose. If I can stay unfocused on what I don't have, instead of focusing on the gifts God has given me and where he's taken me, then guess what? I will only go but so far and I will be caught in that same cycle. Because listen, in the world's eyes, I will never attain. But in God's eyes, I'm already there because I'm in Him. Real queens fix each other's crowns. Don't ever be scared to give someone back their sparkle. It doesn't take away from you. It
0: actually builds you. Anyway. That's awesome. Tell you what, the enemy will use comparison to rob you of joy. Rob you of joy, contentment, and uniqueness. You know what the cure is? Cure is gratitude. Thanksgiving. But I'm thankful for what you've given me, for how you created me, what you're doing in me. I'm thankful. I think, Bridge, we need to be a thankful people, and you are a grateful people. I'm speaking that over you today. You're a grateful people. God has designed you, He created you. The best is yet to come for you. It's in front of you. Your greater days are not behind you. It's right in front of you. And can I say that, that the
1: great the the enemy wants to blind you of what you do have? And the real blessing is not the material thing, it's not. It's not, you know, what you complain about, your hips. The real blessing is that I've got a man who loves me and who's faithful and loves Jesus. That's the blessing. I've got children who, who follow the Lord and, and care about the purposes of God. Like, those, those are the blessings. I've got a roof over my head. It might not be the best house, but I've got a roof over my head. And I will, listen, I will fix up my little trailer and it will be my palace. That's how you got to look at it. Thanksgiving, the Bible says, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. You're going to enter His presence and His glory in your life only when you become thankful.
0: Amen. Amen. Gratitude. If you want us please stand. Yesterday, we had a wedding shower at my house. Bridal shower. My wife corrected me. Can I stand corrected nice. But real men know how to get correct. Amen. Take it well. I wasn't trying to correct no,
1: him. I was no, trying no. to help I am his help. Maybe.
0: We don't argue. We just have heated discussions. <laughs> you know. But uh, and so they made me leave. They, they, they made me work all week and then for the party <laughs> they, they made me leave. So I left for about four or five hours. I came home and I I saw my father-in-law in the backyard and and somehow the bridal shower turned into a worship service and they were singing in the house and me and my father-in-law were in the backyard trying to get in the house to get some food and eventually it ended, people started leaving but I was on the back uh, deck with some friends and some ladies that were at the bridal shower. Tamika was there and she began to talk about her house and how that her neighbor's had these nice white fences, composite fences that won't rot. She began to talk about her fence that was wood and everybody around her had these nice white fences, vinyl fences. And she didn't know I was speaking on this subject today. I said, Tamika, run your race. You can't run somebody else's race you got to run your race. You've done well. You're an entrepreneur. You own your own house. You're a single lady. Run your race. I believe that's what God would say to us. Run our race. Don't compare yourself to other people. Run your race one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. We bow our heads in prayer. I just want to pray for you today. Lord, I just thank you. God, on this Mother's Day, Lord, that we would be people that stop comparing ourselves with other people and discover the joy, the contentment, and the uniqueness that only comes from you. Pray that you would bless each person in here today. God, we repent and change our mind on this area of comparison. Forgive us for comparisons, Lord. God, if we felt superior over another person or group of people, forgive us. We repent. But not only are you feeling superior, Lord, but feeling inferior, like we can't measure up. Forgive us of that also, Lord, because we're created in you for good works. God, help us to discover our purpose today. God, we thank you that we're so valuable that you sent your son to die for us on the cross, to die for us, be buried for us, most of all, to be resurrected for us. Maybe you're in here today. You're saying, Pastor, I want this joy, I want this contentment. I want to know my uniqueness in Christ. I've come to realize that Christ died for me. He took my place. He was buried in my place. He was resurrected. And when He was resurrected, I was resurrected. And I know that my sin separates me from God. But today, I want to receive the free gift of salvation. I want to know the the joy of sin's forgiven. If that's you in here with all his about I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. Thank you. How many more? You say, that's me today. I believe God speaking. Thank you. How many more? You say, that's me Thank you, thank you, thank you. God is speaking to people. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. At Bridge Church, no one prays along, alone. Say, dear God, dear God thank, you thank you for sending your son Jesus, your son, Jesus to, die my place. to die in my place. I believe in my heart, in my heart. and confess with my, confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ. Today, Today I repent, I I turn from my way, and I turn toward him him. him for the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, To raise your hands and say, Lord, oh, love Jesus. Love oh, Jesus. Love oh, Jesus. We worship you, Lord.
2: All we worship you. All oh, we want to be with you, Lord. That's our heart's desire to
0: be with you. Paul in Philippians chapter 2 has said, he said this about Jesus that he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a Therefore, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There's coming a day where every knee will bow. But in my heart, I don't want to be forced to bow to Jesus. I want to do it willingly. I want to bow my heart. I want to bow my will. I want to bow everything in me to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Happy Mother's Day. Come on, let's give all the moms a hand. We're going to pray. We want to pray for our moms today. There are people here, you lost your mom this past year. We recognize for some this is not a, a happy day be a joy-filled day. Joy is not what's happening to you. Joy is what's happening in you by the Holy Spirit. You can be full of joy knowing that God has your past, your present, and your future. But let's pray today, especially for all the moms. Lord, I just thank you, God, that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, Lord, and you've given all of us a good gift, the gift of a mom. Lord, we just pray a blessing over every mother today. We just pray your grace and your mercy over them. We pray for people who have experienced the loss of their moms this past year. We pray that your grace would be with them, that you would comfort them, that you would undergird them, that you would strengthen them by your spirit today. And God, I just thank you, Lord, that in the kingdom, we will never devalue motherhood. God, the world might do it, but we will not do it. God, we just believe, God, it's through women, it's through moms, Lord. God, that your purpose is being fulfilled in the earth. We pray a blessing on them, for moms and grandmoms today, for daughters, for all women, that your glory will be upon them, that your goodness will shine upon them. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. I want you to turn to your neighbor, welcome them in the bridge church, give them a fist bump, a high five, whatever you need to do.